Ever been left cringing by an etiquette fail? You are not alone. Join Jodie Bashay mclean Managing Director of June Daly Watkins Brisbane as she turns the screws with a selection of quick-fire etiquette questions. Discover how our manners measure up in the modern world and get some clever tips to spare your blushes. Hello and welcome back to the Etiquette Quick Quiz. This is a bonus episode of What Would June Daly Watkins Do podcast. I'm Jodie Bashay mclean and in this episode... The lovely Nina Schrinner, Brisbane's Lady Mayoress, is in the hot seat. Okay. All right. Yes. So, we have uh, I have a little test for you, Lady Mayoress. Is it multiple choice? No. But I know that you will ace this test. So, these are just little etiquette conundrums, little questions that I'm going to ask you fast and furious. Just would love to know your thoughts, your first reaction. They're not difficult. And I know that you will have perfect answers for every one of them. First question. You're on the phone as you arrive at a cafe. Do you keep talking and place your order in between, you know, you just pause for a moment? Or do you hang up before you enter the coffee shop? Okay, I will tell you what is a perfect answer and I'm going to tell you the real <laughs> answer. <laughs> the perfect answer is, of course, you should respect the other person because they are taking your order. And I guess you'd kind of almost want to focus on that order as well to yes. get it right. Triple latte with a twist and all And a little bit of turmeric. Yes, and, all yeah. that. Half strength. <laughs> but I have been guilty. Have you? I'm and I admire and your I admit, honesty. I admit that. Yeah. I admire that. And I think we perhaps... There's but I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better. You're going to do yeah. better. Well, yeah. that's a good thing. Mm. Okay, number two. Now, this is interesting because I know this. I don't, I'm not saying I know this happens, but I'd love to know what you do if you've ever experienced this. So, what do you do if you bump into someone you've met before, but you cannot remember their name? I Okay, since you've asked me an incredibly direct question, I, I, I always remember a face, usually, the name, I'm afraid, uh, escapes me. I will usually... That's pretty normal, I think. Yes, but, but uh, I think that the challenge is if you've met that person a couple of times and it's still not kind of... And I think that does happen to all of us. Yes. It doesn't matter who you are. It, it certainly happens to Adrian and I and we see many hundreds of people and sometimes you, you kind of need a context from where that you had seen that person. But I do sometimes... I always say my name. I never think that someone, so I always say I'm I'm Nina. And the reason why I say that is because I never assume anyone will remember my name and I know what it's like when other people don't do it to me. And usually they go, yes, I know that. But really what I'm trying to do is prompt them to tell me their name so that we can have that exchange. And because I don't want to devalue them or compress them or diminish them by not remembering their name, that's my failing, not because they weren't memorable. And that's the point we have to get across. Mm, Yeah. The other option is you could, have you seen The Devil Wears Prada? You could have someone that stands beside you like the Andy, could be Amy, (laughs) and and you could just turn because, you know, you're blonde and glamorous. You could turn just like Meryl Streep. You could turn and say, who's that person coming towards me? And she could tell you. I have to say, um, (laughs) I would not say no to that service. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know people. I, you chat to your people. See, see what happens. Oh, that would be so I don't think fun. I'm going to get that one up. <laughs> I think it's called Facebook now. Yes, yeah. it is, isn't it? 
do you know I, I know people do that just on a, the aside that they are at an event and they realise there's a few people in the room that have sort of nodded and they at some point they're going to come across and say hello. They get on Facebook to get their names. And I have to admit I've done that too. I don't have a problem with that. Mm. I've done that mm. thinking, okay, what is their first name? Mm. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. they'll never know. No. Well, they do and they do <laughs> will now. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. This is an interesting one. The term dull, lovey, hun from strangers or acquaintances, do you think that's acceptable or perhaps not? I think it's Australian it for is. a start. Uh, I am, again, guilty of sometimes calling people darling, and I've done that for a very long time, and I call my kids that. It is a term of endearment, and it is, but it is a loose form of endearment. But I know that other people have certain attachments to that or certain values. Uh, so this is kind of almost the wrong person to ask with me on regards to that. I'm a little bit flamboyant sometimes in how I refer to people. You have a people. lovely personality, a big personality. I do enjoy people. Mm. I really love them. And mm. sometimes I'm oh, darling, you know, and it, I don't mean anything by it, but I can see that some people will say, well, first of all, I haven't given you permission to address that. I do have a name, so use it. I'm really conscious of that. And obviously it's not something that you want to go around splashing all over the place. Sometimes I kind of do. And I apologise to anyone that if I've ever offended them by calling them lovely or darling. But I do think it's a good opener too. It can be. Yeah, I I think that it is very much like it is a soft expression if done in the way that it's meant to be soft. And I think that if you are soft, that is a good thing. It's not, you know, you're not meaning to be mean or cruel. It's how it's delivered. Exactly. And the the tone. I think tone has probably more meaning in how we communicate more the intention. So than, than words. Absolutely. I was somewhere the other day, I can't remember where, but we I was referred to as a girl and another lady and, and the gentleman said, okay, girls. And the other lady said, we're not girls. And I turned to her and I said, I'm 58 and if he wants to call me a girl, I'm really happy with that. I will take that. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> yes. It's like it's also with the kind of terminology of Sheila. Some of these things are very... I like Sheila no, so much. I find it. I find it. But it's, it is a... It can be a term of endearment in our vernacular. Maybe, maybe from a little while ago. And I think we, I think mm. we need to lose that one. We do. Unless it's a beautiful name. Mm-hmm. Yes. But rather than... A, um, just a yeah. description. Yeah. yeah. Okay. A uh, thank you for a gift. So do you believe saying thank you on the spot when you receive the gift is enough? Or do you think, are you an advocate of the note or the handwritten message sent afterwards? I'm a really big believer in communicating thanks. And I think that, you know, if you're receiving a birthday gift or whatever it is, perhaps you're receiving it with a whole heap of other people around. And that person has gone to a great deal of concern for you. And they have usually chosen that gift with you in mind and only you in mind. And I think that it's really nice to value that and then to convey that you are grateful and thank you on the spot immediately so they don't go away Mm. and think it's, oh, oh, okay, well, I don't feel that you understood that I valued you. In the same way that we had that discussion in regards to the cookies yes. and the, the cutting of the grass, you know, mm. that. that. Mm. And then afterwards, I do like writing a letter. I will write you a letter to thank you for this. <gasps> so, yes, and I, you know, I actually sit there and I type it up or I write it up, depending. My, my writing is a little bit like a doctor, except I don't have the brain of a doctor, but it is like a doctor. And, you know, there's someone who really does this very well, Margot McKinney. 
And oh, really? Yes. So she is, uh, she gives a lot of money to charity and that's where I've obviously come across her before. And if you invite her somewhere, she will actually give you a little handwritten note to say how lovely it was, how grateful she was to attend. I mean, and you know, this is a person who's just probably given you a large amount of money to that charity as in, or, or something to auction off but yet she's thanking you. Mm. And you kind of like how I feel when I receive that, obviously, is, oh, wow, that is so lovely. And you kind of look at it and you, to receive something like that, you do feel valued. And I used to have another boss and every time I do something, he will always send me this card, handwritten in that cursive, beautiful writing. And it was, never forgets it. Mm. It's like when you give a book, you must always put in the front page why you're giving that book and a little bit of an inscription. It's the same kind of thing. Mm, so absolutely for me, yes. I remember etiquette journals saying from years gone by, it should be sent within 24 hours so it arrives the following day. But unfortunately, Australia Post sort of kiboshes that a little bit because I don't think mail is delivered as quickly today as perhaps it was 10 years ago. Mm. But in saying that, so I still believe people liked sending a thank you note. There is... Um, different mediums and it's generational. There's the text message and there's the email. Mm. But you you are correct in saying the way you feel mm. when you receive a, a letter in the mail and you open it and it's written in someone's handwriting, it's mm. so personal. They've paused. We are all having extremely busy days. They have paused for a moment in their day. They have thought of you. They have reflected on how grateful they are and they have communicated that to you. There is something very unique and valuable about that to me at least. I will say though, do you have to get it in in 24 hours? You probably won't receive mine in 24 hours. <laughs> a, couple weeks, a couple so, of weeks. A couple of weeks. I didn't say that. that, you had to no, do that. But I do remember my mother saying, oh, yes. it should always be within 24 hours. But it's impossible. Impossible to do this. No. Days. Okay. Your thoughts, wearing sunglasses indoors, is that a yes or a no? That's a no for me, and that is a basic thing, unless you've obviously got an eye condition or something like that. But I think that we communicate, even as you and I are talking, we're having that kind of, you know, we're looking into each other's eyes. No, but we do communicate so much with our eyes. And I think that when we cut down that, we cut down our ability to communicate and even how we phrase authenticity and how we accept that. So absolutely, you should remove your sunglasses and hat. And hat. Mm. And gents, take your hands out of your pockets. Did you, that one in itself. No. So in the, the methodology of communication, we need to see people's eyes, but we also need to see their hands. So if someone, for example, mm. speaks to you with their hands behind their back, we, uh, we read visual clues. We read body language. It's innate. It's not mm. something, it's, it's not even a learned behaviour because it's, it's part of our, the survival of the species that we, we look at, um, for signs of danger or fearful situations. Mm. So the idea behind the hands, the hands, if you notice with politicians, <laughs> when they are talking on a screen, on the television, being interviewed, especially the American ones, they'll use lots of gestures where their hands are open, open. and their palms are seen. Now, if you relate back to the animal kingdom and you relate back to perhaps chimpanzees or gorillas, you notice when there is a subordinate chimpanzee going to the chief gorilla or chimpanzee, he will lower himself so he won't be as tall. He will avert his eyes away and he will show his palm. 
So he's disarming. He's also saying, I come in peace and I'm not here to threaten you. So why does that matter with us in communication? So we need to look into the eyes that we can see the person, Mm. but our hands are basically on show to show us, as the politicians do, the open palm. I'm not hiding anything. There's nothing up my sleeve. I'm open and transparent. So when we communicate, those things are really, really important. There's a little lesson. Well, I do have to learn to not be so animated when I speak. I do tend to speak with my hands. Oh, I do too. No, you must. I blame my Greek heritage. But yes, no, 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 that's what I'm saying, that you do speak that way. That's why people are engaged with you. And I've, I've heard you speak. Yeah. And you do your I gestures, can't help it. but that shows passion. I was listening again to ABC this morning, and they were talking about emojis, and there was a for and against emoji emojis in um, correspondence or using emojis. They're replacing words. You know, the the learned scholar's opinion is we're not using words anymore. We're using these little emojis and uh, emoticons and, and and replacing our vocabulary. You know, we were dumbing down. And then there was a woman on there who had done research on emojis and, and their existence and why they're around. And I thought it was really quite a, a very valid point. So she said, when we speak, I look into your eyes, mm, I mm. hear the tone of your voice, and you have gestures. When you're on a one-dimensional platform, whether it be email or text message, the emojis create the gestures, the tone and the emotion. So as long as you use them within the text, that's quite important and it's okay. And something like that, if you're on the hop and a message comes through to you and you don't have the time to to answer, but you may put a love heart or the cuddle Mm. one. I mean, I must admit, I don't know a lot of them. I get them terribly wrong. But they're just sending an emotion to someone who, rather than text and words, that emotion can make someone feel a lot better. I think it can also make sometimes when we're on the hop or in a hurry, what could also be maybe an abrupt text message if we don't have time, we need I think to put, it puts it into perspective. It as in, if you put a little love heart I or think a, I'd ever a smiley face. support emojis, I have to Neither did you. I, but mm. I do. Yeah. You grow. And you do because yeah. it, in some ways with different generational communication, it's how you connect. Absolutely. I yep. do digress from our questions. So, <laughs> next one. Is punctuality an ideal or an absolute? Um, okay. This one's actually really important. I'm going to have to quote Campbell Newman here. Mm. He once said to me, and I don't remember, I was probably late, but he said to me that when you are late and you make people wait, you imply that your time is more important than theirs. It is something that I have never forgotten. Mm. And if I am Wise late... words. Yeah, it is. It's, it's actually really true. I actually do this kind of, and I, I have to say, I do sometimes tend to run from pillar to post if a meeting runs late or something. I think that we're all in that situation. We did live extremely oversubscribed, busy lives. But if I am late, I actually will say to that person formally, I want you to know that I do not consider my time more important than yours Mm. because I am very conscious of the fact that when you do take up their time and they're waiting for you, that they're it's rude it is. on some it level. Can, it, it, yeah. needs, it can be. So you should explain that or at least feel regret and communicate that. So thank you for that one it to him. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. absolute. Every it time now that's in my mind. Yes. Yeah. Do you stand when you meet someone new? Absolutely. Yes. 
And if I'm ever in a meeting and they come in afterwards, I always stand. And it doesn't matter if you're male or female. This is not about that. It is about basic manners in Mm. the same way that I would open a door for a male or female or child. Mm. It is manners. Kindness. Kindness, yes. I think the standing is to acknowledge the other person but also to create that dynamic that you're equal you're when you communicate your eyes are at a similar level mm, i like that that's great mm. yeah i think that people should also get up and give their seats you know On i know that this transport. is yes i do i do and i will give it up 100 people say no thank you i've given up for an older and that's person. their decision but at least you gave them the opportunity yes. And maybe because they were constrained, they didn't want to be rude or they felt that it would be rude to take it or they didn't. Maybe they thought I was older than they were. I don't think that anyone (laughs) would think that. I think they would have been grateful. Well, I did it without any expectation. I offered the seat and they said, no, thank you. And I said, okay. Yeah. But I did have someone in the background, a young schoolboy, say, I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) Cheeky monkey. Oh, dear. Okay. So should you hold the lift for someone... Or should you let them wait and they can take the next lift? So here's the scenario. You're in the lift. Turn around. There's no one else in the lift but you. In about maybe, I don't know, six seconds walk away is someone walking towards the lift. They're not racing. They're on their phone. They're checking their messages and they're walking leisurely towards the lift. Would you hold the lift? Would you let it go? Okay, for a start, it doesn't matter if they're on their phone and if they're being leisurely because it's about your choices here. It is not about them and that shouldn't be reflected out of sheer courtesy. I believe that you should hold the lift. Now, that might be... I was trying be... to make a very tricky scenario there. No. You've just blown it away with reason and logic. And <laughs> I also just think, look, remember that we do a lot of this because it's our choices. Mm. We cannot influence usually or make other people necessarily aware of our wants and desires and needs, but we can be in control of what we do. And I think that that is a prime example of that. Are we guilty of wanting to press the close on that because we don't want to wait? Yes, absolutely. Because we're, as I said, we're in a hurry I've or whatever. I've had someone close it while I'm there. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I think, <laughs> And I have to admit, in my maturity, I've gone, thank you, as I, the lift closes. Actually, I think that sometimes we don't call people when they do rude things, and I believe that that is rude. So I'm glad that you did that because maybe, like, don't let people go unchecked for that. I've always been checked if I've done something. I kind of like being the etiquette police, but I believe there's a way that you can do it that is kind and respectful because people learn by, well, I think they learn by repetition. If you continue and and demonstration and subliminally, if it keeps happening all the time, like you said before about your your beautiful children mm. that you teach and then when you go out, you see that they do it. They, they know. Perseverance and consistency mm. and actually every single time they do it, I will always say, well done, that's really good, good manners. And so, like, then I give them that affirmation at the Mm. end. But I think that manners are like driving a manual car. Now, I have not driven a manual car for about 15 years. And I do kind of miss that because I don't, you know, I grew up with a manual car. And even now when my hand is on the... uh, the driving wheel. My hand always rests where that manual gear, gear oh, really? is. Yeah, and I think that that's what manners should be. Yes, ingrained, ingrained that it's always it's there. just going straight back to second what, nature. Like riding a bike. Yep. And how do you do that? Repetition. Yeah, it's true. Consistency and affirmation Absolutely. of the fact that you've done it well. Lady Maris, thank you for your time and your wisdom. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. 
for joining us for another quick quiz episode of What Would June Daly Watkins Do? It's the place to be when it comes to modern manners. Subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Google Podcasts so you'll never miss an episode.